Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to deal with the rising cost of inflation to pay off your debt or your mortgage, pretty much anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Well, with Yahoo Finance, you can get access to the news, data, and tools that you need in order to help you reach that financial freedom. And when it comes to your financial future, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, you've invested all that you can. And now you need to take those investments to the next level by using what every financial great uses. Yahoo Finance. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. They're the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Well, it looks like there is going to be some kind of a deal with Greece to avoid the Grexit, where Greece exits the eurozone, abandons the euro currency for some kind of resurrected form of the drachma, and of course defaults on debt. Now, I've said many times that that's probably the best thing to happen to Europe is to kick out the weakest uh, link in the chain. But I also didn't think that was going to happen because I didn't believe politically that there would be the motivation to do that either in Europe or in Greece. And if you remember, of course, the current Greek government got elected by promising to bring an end to austerity. And I said at the time that they're not going to be able to do that because if they actually left the eurozone, then the economic problems would get worse And the Greeks would have no one to blame but the current government. As long as they stay in the Eurozone, they can continue to blame Brussels or Germany uh, for their problems. And that's exactly what they've done. Uh, The uh, austerity or the so-called austerity is going to continue. We don't know all the details, the specific details of this deal. Who knows? Maybe it won't even come to fruition. But the markets are certainly acting as if it will. But it doesn't involve any haircuts, any additional haircuts on Greek debt. The Greeks still have to repay, in theory, the money that they've borrowed. And the austerity is still there, uh, at least uh, as it's been described. Now, there are no significant cuts or maybe even any actual cuts to government spending. I think what I've read is that Greek taxpayers will have to contribute more towards their own pensions, but that might be scored as a tax hike more than a spending cut because the government isn't reducing its outlays. It's just increasing what it takes in. Uh, The same thing also for taxes. They're going to have higher VAT taxes, 
like a sales tax. And of course, they're going to go after the rich, right? With higher corporate taxes or higher income taxes, maybe some kind of a one-time wealth tax. But all of this is going to be, you know, self-defeating because there's going to be incentives to evade the taxes. And there's already a lot of tax evasion going on in Greece as it is. And if they raise the rates, well, there's even a greater incentive to avoid the higher taxes than there was to avoid the taxes before they hiked them. And then, of course, you also have the added incentive of tax avoidance. And one way to avoid the tax is to leave Greece. And, of course, Greece is a member of the European Union. It's very easy for some Greek business uh, to pull up stakes and uh, set up shop in a tax-friendlier jurisdiction. So I think raising taxes on your employers, on your entrepreneurs, right, is not a good way to grow your economy and reduce your deficits. There's no real reform, structural reforms here. They're not going to reform their labor laws. Uh, They are talking about slightly, I guess, tweaking the age at which you can take retirement over, you know, between now and 2025, you know, slightly increase how old you have to be, 67 or whatever it's going to be. But again, this is rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. It doesn't matter how they organize those chairs. The Titanic is going down and it's taking the chairs with them. But this is all extended pretend. But the markets are higher, you know, had a big reflex rally in the DAX, uh, you know, a couple, couple of, you know, big, big rally yesterday, 300 and some odd points, but up again today. The, the euro down big, not so much yesterday, but today, big down day in the euro. The reason being is because if Greece is going to stay in the eurozone and there's going to be more bailouts and more loans, that means more cheap money, right? That's what the markets want. They don't want Uh, default and restructuring, which is what you would get from a Grexit. They just want more bailouts. They don't want anybody who loaned money to Greece to lose money. Uh, But that's what I would prefer. But as I said from the beginning, uh, I think Greece is going to uh, stay in the Eurozone because politically, that's the best path for Greek politicians to take. Now, in an ideal world, it might be better for Greece to leave the Eurozone if they wanted to set themselves up as some kind of limited government tax haven, you know, some kind of bastion of free market capitalism in Europe. Uh, then Greece could come back strong. But given the, the electorate there and the way the political winds are blowing, uh, if they were to leave Greece, they would be even more to the left. They would try even more socialism. But the problem is socialism only works in Greece so long as you have Germany's money or other people's money to spend. Because, you know, they can't, it doesn't work with your own money. Right? you got to take money uh, from the rest of Europe and redistribute it to your voters. And that's how, of course, these Greek politicians were elected. Hey, vote for us and we'll, we, we won't have the austerity. Right? We're going to keep all your social programs and all your spending, and we're basically going to give the middle finger to to Brussels and to the Germans. And, of course, once they get into office, they're not going to do that. And so although now, I guess, there's no political parties left in Greece that can make these claims anymore, that can, that can promise something that it is impossible for them to deliver. But we'll see. I think this sell-off in gold, which has dropped both yesterday on Monday, gold was down maybe 15 bucks, and now it's down today another eight. We're back now. We're below 1180. We rose above 1200, maybe 1202, 1203, not much higher than that. Based on the dovish statements that I spoke about last week, following the FOMC decision not to raise interest rates, where Janet Yellen basically uh, they downwardly revised their GDP forecasts. 
And Janet Yellen went out of her way to say that, look, even if we do raise interest rates, it's not going to be a big deal because we're not going to raise them again. And if we do, it's going to be by a tiny amount. See, the Fed is trying to have its cake and eat it, too. Right. They want to raise interest rates to show they can raise them. But then they want to make sure and let people know they're not going to raise them anymore because they don't want to have the market start to factor in a tightening cycle because they know that means the air comes out of the bubble and we're back in recession and then the, the cat's out of the bag. Right. And now everybody is going to realize the predicament that we're in. Now, we did get some economic news that has come out this week. The only good news, I guess, is the housing numbers. We got existing home sales beating yesterday, and we got new home sales beating today, mainly on a surge in the Northeast, which is probably the result of maybe some bad weather uh, in the winter. And so maybe there was some pent up demand. And so we've got a little bit of a catching up to do uh, in the Northeast because the rest of the country, uh, the numbers weren't uh, weren't particularly strong. But I think also what's going on here is mortgage rates have been rising. And even though they're at the highest levels in maybe a year or two, you're still talking about a 30 year fix that's in the low fours. That's still pretty cheap. And I think what some of these home buyers are doing now, or maybe some of the fence sitters, they're getting off the fence because they're worried that if they wait too much longer, the Fed's going to be hiking rates, and then those mortgage rates are going to go up even higher. So I think you are getting a rush here in the springtime for people to try to buy before rates go up. Now, of course, that's like also buying before prices go down, because if mortgage rates go up, home prices should go down. But most home buyers don't think in those terms. They think that real estate prices will continue to rise regardless of rates. And so if they wait, uh, either they won't be able to afford to buy or they won't even qualify uh, for the mortgage. So I think that is kind of a one-time impact because once mortgage rates really were to spike up, well, then it would price everybody out of the market. And so you would see a, a slowdown. Yeah, on Monday, we got the Chicago Fed National Activity Index, which came in at minus 0.17. Not really sure what the expectation was, but the prior month, I know, was revised downward from minus 0.15 to minus 0.19. And so then that was, we got the main number, and now the April number was even worse than we were originally told. These are weak numbers that are you know consistent with a recession, not a vibrant recovery that we're finally going to get lift off in monetary policy. Earlier this morning, we got made durable goods, another down number, down 1.8%. They were looking for down about 0.6, so we were down about triple uh, what had been expected. Worse, they revised down uh, the April number from minus 0.5 to minus 1.5. So they tripled what they originally estimated. The ex-transportation, which last month was reported up 0.5, that was revised to down 0.3. And uh, this month we did meet expectations of up 0.5, but it's up 0.5 from down 0.3 not up 0.5 from up 0.5. So overall, the number is well below estimates, and it should result in some more downward revisions to the second quarter GDP. In fact, durable goods now have missed estimates for five out of the last seven months. Year over year, durable goods orders are down 5%. That is the largest drop since December of 2009 on a year-over-year basis. Both uh, even ex-transportation and CapEx spending, those are both down year-over-year for the fourth month in a row. Also, we got Chicago uh, PMI Manufacturing Index came out today. That was also weaker than expected. Last month, we were at 538 
The consensus was for a bump to 54.2. Instead, we got a decrease to 53.4. And remember, last month was also a decline. So the index has been declining. We're now at the lowest level since October of 2013 on the PMI Manufacturing Index. And this month's miss versus expectations was the biggest miss since August of of 2013. So again, all this manufacturing and production data is very weak. The only data that the bulls have to hold or hang their hats on is the housing stuff. But I think that is getting a boost from the rush to lock in a mortgage before the rate gets up. And to some extent, a catch up, because remember, the numbers were very, very bad for housing during the the wintertime. So we are getting a bit of a bump now. But again, a lot of this is in the high end. A lot of it is the foreign buyers. Chinese now, the number one buyers. It it was the Canadians for a while, but now the Chinese are the number one buyers again of U.S. real estate. A lot of high-end stuff because the home ownership rate, despite all these homes being bought, the home ownership rate continues to fall to new lows as rents are going up. You know, because so few people can afford to buy because they've got a lousy job or no job. Although I guess if you're renting, you must have some kind of job. But because people can't buy, they're renting. And because everybody is renting, rents are rising. Now, for some reason, rents aren't going up too much in the CPI. But that's, hey, par for the course, the way the government scores things. Right. But in the real world, rents are rising rather rapidly. There's so much factually incorrect information and underreporting by legacy media today. Shouldn't there be truth in media? Well, there is truth in media. Recently, a novel thought is now a reality with truthinmedia.com. Led by award-winning journalist Ben Swan, truthinmedia.com is the source for uninfluenced, reliable, fearless news where journalists pursue real questions, not conspiracies. Make truthinmedia.com your default browser's homepage today and get breaking news and commentary that speaks the truth to power. It's also where you can tune into The Peter Schiff Show every week. Visit truthinmedia.com today. That's truthinmedia.com. Access the Truth in Media RS feed by visiting truthinmedia.com forward slash feed. Hello, this is Peter Schiff. I bet you didn't know that without silver, you wouldn't be hearing this podcast right now or be able to use a computer at all. From laptops to smartphones to TVs to speakers, virtually all modern electronics use silver to conduct electricity. Did you know that the average solar panel uses two-thirds of an ounce of silver to function? And the solar industry is expanding dramatically, not just in America, but in booming developing nations like China and India. Silver is naturally antibacterial and is used extensively in modern medicine. Silver coatings are being added to breathing tubes, bandages, catheters, and other medical instruments to reduce the spread of infections. When antibiotics fail, silver still works. I believe the 21st century will be the century of silver. As fiat currencies continue to collapse and new uses are found for silver every day, the white metal's strong industrial demand and low per ounce price will make it increasingly attractive to savers around the world. At today's prices, people of any age and background can afford to buy some silver. Learn why silver is a smart and reliable investment in my free special report, The Powerful Case for Silver. Visit shiftsilver.com 
and download it now. The powerful case for silver includes information about silver's amazing chemical properties. It also explains why I believe silver may outperform gold in the coming years. Download the powerful case for silver and educate yourself, your friends, and your family about the white metal. Just visit shiftsilver.com to download my free report. That's shiftsilver.com.